Good morning and happy Easter. Today's lesson title is Resurrection Hope. The lesson text comes from 1 Corinthians 15, and there are two verses that uh, they've given us to keep in mind. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Paul established the Corinthian church during his second missionary journey. And when he left, he wound up having to address so many issues uh, with that church. Issues like division, sexual immorality, marriage and divorce, idolatry, and different aspects of public worship. In today's lesson, he is addressing the resurrection. Now, we have to remember, Corinth was a major cosmopolitan port city, which meant that there were all kinds of people, businesses, and the city was filled with idolatry and immorality. Much like our churches, to many of our churches today, worldly concepts were being accepted in the Corinthian church. The lesson is divided into four parts. Resurrection clarified, resurrection witnessed, resurrection guaranteed, resurrection promises. And those scriptures are verses one through four. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also are ye saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. For some reason, there were some in the church at Corinth that um, did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Paul reminds them that he had already preached the good news to them, which is the foundation of Christian faith. That's the good news. And the good news is that Christ died for our sins, was crucified and buried and rose on the third day. When he founded the church, Paul taught, he really taught them from the Old Testament, showing them how Old Testament scripture supported everything he had said about Jesus Christ. Now, the lesson doesn't give us the kind of the um, Old Testament scriptures, but if I were to choose some, it could have been Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 12, Hosea 6, verses 2 and 3, and Jonah uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 17. But just I chose one just to pull from Isaiah 53, um, 6. And that reads, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of, or the iniquities of us all. So you see, he was trying to convince them again that death needed to be conquered so that salvation could be received by all who believed in the good news. Now we go to section two, resurrection witnessed. And those verses are five through eight. And that he was seen by 
Cephas, then the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, for whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles. And last of the all, he was seen of me, as of one born out of due time. Okay, so Paul wanted to, he, he wanted to farther, uh, further validate what he had already told him about Christ's resurrection. The most convincing we can do is have eyewitnesses. And so Paul is telling him, I've got eyewitnesses. You don't believe me? There are others. And he lists them in verses five and six. He also goes on to tell them and remind them about his Damascus Road experience. We're all familiar with that. And at the end of uh, that verse, he says, he, he refers to himself as the one born out of due time. Paul was a special case because initially he persecuted believers. And by persecuting believers, that made him spiritually dead. But God changed him. He changed him from Saul to Paul and made him an ambassador of Christ. And that's what he wants to do with us all. So section three, moving right along, the resurrection guaranteed, verses 12 to 14 and then 20 through 23. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith vain. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ's the first fruits, afterwards they that are Christ's at his coming. So because Paul was convinced that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, and he taught them the full gospel earlier. So he wanted, you know, when I think about that, he had to have been frustrated. He had to, because initially they were all believing, and then for some reason they began to wane on that. Now, but he goes on in 12, in verse 12, and he wants to know, now how can this be? If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there's no resurrection of the dead? So in this case, Paul and all of his preaching, Peter and all the rest, all the prophets that have preached the good news, the preaching was in vain. And for them, even if they believed Jesus Christ was the Son of God and did not believe in resurrection, their faith was in vain. So Paul is trying to let them know. Now, we know that others had died and been raised from the dead because we know during Christ's um, um, ministry, he raised Lazarus and others, but you know, they died again. Christ was the firstborn raised from the, from the dead, never to die again. And so that's proof. You find that he was the forerunner for all who accepted his gift. And that's a free gift, by the way, of eternal life. The proof that they too have resurrection to eternity. 
And that takes us to the final section, section four. And those verses are verses 42 through 45. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Because God is omniscient, he knows everything. He knew from before Adam even came and sinned, he knew he was going to sin. And he knew that man, because of Adam's sin, mankind would be born in sin. But God made a plan. He planned from the beginning how to bring man back to him. And believing in his son's death and resurrection would bring mankind back to God. So Paul reassures them of God's promises to change those who have accepted God's gift of eternal life. They will be resurrected a new being, each person at the point of his or her death. Christ took the mess Adam made and turned it into a masterpiece that only God can orchestrate, a quickening spirit that will live eternally with the creator. Now, you know, with the lesson, we always have lesson implications. And with our lesson implications, we have the word of God, the Holy Bible, God's prophets, teachers, chosen vessels were inspired to record his story so that we can know the truth. As Paul in this lesson reminded some of the Corinthians tr truths about the, those, I'm sorry, in Corinthians church about the truths of Christ and how he was raised from the dead. Let me remind us of several familiar scriptures. We're all sinners. And we know that because of Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's right. When he says all, that means you and me. We are, and because we are sinners, we know that there's a penalty for that. And Romans 6, 23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God for his love for us. And when we think about the love, we have John three sixteen, a familiar scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How do we receive the benefits of God's love? Hmm, glad you asked. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in his heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not maybe, not probably, but all who confess and believe will be saved. That's the word. And there's nothing to do but feelings. Don't trust your feelings. You just trust the word and trust God's promises. That is what the word tells us. It is all about believing, having faith, and trusting in the one who was raised from the dead. That is truly resurrection hope. Have a great Easter. <laughs>